Hello aspirants you're hearing to the aspirant voice protests and democracy the recent proliferation of protests and grassroots movements points to increased public disclosure on politics and human rights in many places in the world the protests are in the rise like never before this may be very rare to observe protests in different parts of the world in a single calendar month call against uh, to the government and the point of conflict is threat to democracy beat hong kong which is economically liberal politically under china or usa the oldest democracy or india the largest democracy the ongoing farmers protest is one of the example of an energized population eager to invoke change in the country these protests also raise the question that will shape india's democratic future in 2021 and beyond protests are back in the headlines across the world in the world's oldest democracy supporters of outgoing president Donald Trump stormed the US Capitol demanding he be declared winner of the elections as they were believed that to be fake and fixed and in the largest democracy farmers are camping on delhi borders demanding the repeal of three recently adopted farm laws in the last 3 months of the 2020 the united states has reported more than 50 protests against the electoral verdict for joe biden in india there have been more than 100 by farmers labor unions health workers even elected panchayat members the preoccupation with the novel coronavirus disease pandemic and the ensuing lockdowns didn't deter them much in 2019 there were a massive protests like global climate strike and the ones in hong kong in december 2020 and first week of 2021 some 56 countries reported protests mostly led by the youths it seems that after a brief lull and people are back on the streets everybody is protesting on everything wherever a proper accountability missing from their respective governments it feels so so here you have to understand the core political rights of democracy democracies everywhere are founded on two core political rights the first one the right of every citizen to freely elect their government and when dissatisfied with its performance to vote it out of power in a legitimately held election in india in article number 326 provides the provision this remains the only proper constitutional procedure to get rid of a government and rightly so indeed peaceful transfer of power is one of the greatest strengths of the democracies but short of displacing it and as long as it is done peacefully any form of public action to challenge them government's proposal or decisions is also constitutionally legitimate forming the second core political right as i said you first one is election the second one is this one this is to politically participate not only during but between the elections the right to protest to publicly question and force the government to answer is a fundamental political right of the people that flows directly from the democratic reading of article 19 of the indian constitution here we have to understand the legality of protests all protests are legal only if they are non violent and carried out with appropriate permissions fundamental duties that are enshrined in the constitution require that the rule of law is followed and that public property is not destroyed The right to protest peacefully is enshrined in the Indian Constitution under Article 19. So, Article 19 of Clause 1A, Clause 1, a subclause A and subclause B, they guarantee the freedom of speech and expression and also assures citizens the right to assemble peace peacefully and without arms. But under Article 19 of Clause 2 and Clause 3. The right is subject to the reasonable restrictions in the interest of public order. Uh, the restrictions can be if the security of the state is in jeopardy uh, if the friendly relationship we share with a neighboring country is at stake and the third one is public order is disturbed if there is contempt of court and if the sovereignty and integrity of india are threatened
In the case of Ramilala Maidan incident versus Home Secretary Union of India and others, the Supreme Court had stated, quote, citizens have a fundamental right to assembly and peaceful protest which cannot be taken away by an arbitrary executive or legislative action, unquote. And in Menka Gandhi versus Union of India, that Justice Bhagavati had said, quote, if, de- if democracy means government of the people by the people, it is obvious that every citizen must be entitled to participate in the democratic process and in order to enable him to intelligently exercise his rights of making a choice, free and general discussion of public matters is ab- absolutely essential, unquote. And also, there are right to protest in public places. In Scheinberg verdict, the top court has held that the right to protest in public places is not absolute in law. Public places cannot be occupied indefinitely. And also, such kind of occupation of public ways at the site of question or anywhere else for protests is not acceptable, acceptable and the administration ought to take action to keep the areas clear for of encroachment or obstructions. So, what could be the reasons behind these protests? That may be fractured growth or discredited state. That is, these protests draw their legitimacy from the lived experience of fractured growth driven by oligarchic capitalism and discredited state or systematic failure and injustice. That is, conflict is expected and when judicial and state processes fail, people often take to the streets to administer some form of vigilante justice and redistribution. And third one is the threat. This is also happening in a context where civil liberties are being eroded and dissenting views are under attack. So, how genuine protests can be suppressed using Article 19 of Clause 2 and 3? You have to understand this because this is happening in many parts of the world and in India, the suppressing also happening, which is widely believed by the protesters. Uh, how, how these genuine protests can be suppressed? By provoking the protesters by framing the people who are already in laws because of their dissatisfied with the actions of the state or the or the government so they are going to lose something uh, and those people will be fra- are being framed as the anti nationals and uh, this kind of thing will eventually provoke the protesters to take the violent action and dragging the protests too long by less or no re- response that is accountability from the government such that peaceful protesters may lose the patience to protest and left with options either to step back or may take the violence path because we all do know the patience has some limits so in this way these genuine protests though they started peacefully at the end the protesters are ending up in jails or in cases according to the economic intelligence unit democracy index India dropped 10 places in the latest Democracy Index released by the Economic Intelligence Unit in January 2020 and retained its status as a flawed democracy. The country was ranked 51 on the index for 2019, its lowest since the rankings have begun in 2006. The country was ranked 42 in 2017 and 41 in 2018 also. And recently in 2021, India falls two more places and got 53rd rank and also remain its status as flawed democracy. But whatever it is, you have to understand that protests are the strong tools for the change because they are contagious, bringing core issues into the light and uh, grievance redressal because in the absence of other avenues, protests have become a means of grievance redressal and collective conscience, building the community and bringing the change and strengthening the democracy, it is a strong tool for change. And women are also participating in the protest 
they are taking the lead role in the farmer protest ongoing farmer protest or the caa protest in shahinbagh the dedicated participation of women in these protests shows that women's activism and protest has become an empowering space in and of itself some other examples like chipko movement in 1973 anti nuclear protests in tamil nadu in 1980 gopal disaster in 1984 and narmada dam protests in 1985 so what measures can change the current situation first one is the government needs to build the trust bringing india onto a sustainable path of long term growth and charting a new course for agrarian transitions will require a political politics of trust credibility inclusion consensus building and also a neutral and committed role of institution should be there the here we i can give you an example like uh, rinl is getting uh, privatized though it is producing profits regularly and uh, in the past 20 years it has produced losses only for 3 to 4 years and rest of all it has given lots of profit though they don't have the capital mains and they are at the disadvantage to buy the um, core iron at higher price other than the other steel industries and also they are paying higher tax than the private tax company uh, sorry private steel companies so the government should make the neutral and competent role of the institutions the apparatus needed for a healthy democracy goes beyond the political parties to unelected institutions these institutions need to play their part by remaining politically neutral and committed to the democratic ideals and also determined political architecture should be there like ideas practices and leadership matter if the architecture of the polity is adequately imagined put in place with resolve and determination and practiced with a nurturing care things can take a positive turn and also there should be a need to recognize of all the sections who participate like a true constitutional democracy recognizes that laws and regulations must account for the needs of all sections of the society this must include the less powerful who may not have access to or a voice in the democratic process to be noticed by those in power protests and riots uprising could become the new normal this can be a turning point in the world's most audacious political experiment of ethical electoral democracy it gives space to people to dissent but if the satisfaction level is dipping it also calls for an evaluation of the the system itself so it is time for a democratic evaluation of a electoral democracy's effectiveness in responding to people's concerns and demands this is all about the protests and democracy i hope you like this episode if you do like this episode please share it to your friends and also uh, the notes related to this content will be given in my blog and the link for that will be given in the description which will redirect to you to my blog